Hey there, thanks for clicking the link to this conversation. I'm doing this series of recordings with people in my life to try and have discussions around the importance of mental health and wellness in an attempt to destigmatize the idea that it is weak to be vulnerable, especially as a man in today's society. If you listen to all of this, or if you only listen to a minute of this, thank you for taking the time. If this conversation and open discussion inspires you to take action in any way, please consider donating to the Movember Foundation. Presumably you found this link through my Instagram, which is PB36, and that 36 is spelled all the way out, so it's at P-B-T-H-R-E-E-S-I-X. My Movember page is linked there as well, so feel free to check that out and maybe donate through me. Thank you, I love you, and I appreciate you. Enjoy one of my best friends, Cordell Minifee. So I know you were working like, like all the time, but like, what were you doing in terms of like taking care of yourself? Like, were you working out? Were you, yeah. Were gyms open even? Yeah. So the gyms were open. I got a membership to at any time. Full sec. It's like 35 bucks a month. Yeah. And they're all over the place. Yeah. 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 They're up here too. So if you can continue your membership, if you want. Thing, you know, the tap in fob. (laughs) Gym. I was going to the gym often, like as much as I could. The only shitty part was like depending on where we were living, the gym was at a different spot. Yeah. Not having a car out there, like I don't think I'll ever do that again. Right. Right. So I was like super dependent on who's driving me to the gym if I would go to the gym or not. Right. I needed I needed to go to the gym. Yeah, you're you're an independent person. You yeah, and I just didn't like to people. Yeah, it was frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So I'd be up. I get up at like you're like, okay, so we're gonna say we're going to the gym in the morning. So I'll get up at like eight just in case. Mm-hmm. Wakes up early though. You know, message up at nine, nine thirty. If I don't hear from my ten, I know that I have one of two options: either I'm not going, or I'm just gonna spend twenty bucks on Lyft there or Uber there and Uber back. Oh man! And just after yeah. doing that for a little bit, I was looking back and I was like, man, I'm spending like, you know, I'm spending like two hundred bucks. Yeah. Before my day starts, I'm spending twenty bucks before my day even starts. Just to that's day. crazy. Yeah. That was. What else were you doing to take care of yourself? Um. Honestly, just like gaming, playing golf. And at first, I I started out really good taking care of myself. When I was in St. Louis, I had a routine. I was making sure I was getting my games in. I was getting my alone time in. I was talking to people. Yeah. I was, and it was fresh and it was more, you know, exciting. And, right. and then as the summer kind of went on, less and less of that. And there's less people around. And yeah. we moved, right? Moved from St. Louis, moved there. The moves make it really tough to hold um, certain habits in place. For sure. Yeah. And it's not until it's like almost borderline too late where those habits are gone and now you're experiencing like what the reasons that you had those habits in place, things to avoid. It's not until you get to the place where it's like, oh, right, I remember. Okay, that's what I need to do. I need to slow down, take a step back, go back to like the the basic things like going to the gym because that for me was – a huge difference yeah in how i felt during that day it's one place we call the covid suite bro they put <laughs> us up in this cheap this cheap like uh motel since last minute yeah <clears throat> that we decided to go there and it was just oh it was brutal man <laughs> to like share it's like a hotel room man. two yeah. single beds it's like steven's my homie but like i don't i don't want to have to share a space with another man for a prolonged period of time like that no wall nothing like so i like yeah, I found it like harder to sleep in that just because I just wasn't. I like to have. I'm background. I'll fall asleep. Lights on, like TV on. 
something's got to be on and I'm going to fall asleep. Yeah. As for, for him, it was like, okay, he's he's like, well, you're probably not sleeping well because you got the stuff on. I'm like, no, I always have the stuff on. I just couldn't hear it because I turned it down for for you to, so I'm reading the fucking subtitles. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear the sound to put me to sleep. Some so people fall asleep uh, reading books. You fall asleep reading subtitles, eh? I sleep reading subtitles at night, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm studying and I've had a lot of caffeine. Did you do a lot of reading while you were gone? I didn't. No. I uh, I brought my favorite book with me that I would read in pieces, um, The Alchemist. Oh yeah. You read that? No, I haven't. I would suggest it. For sure. I, uh, reading is a big gap in my, like, not just knowledge, but I guess just like pop culture and like, there's all these famous books that people love and recommend to me all the time, and I'm always just like, that sounds great, but I just can't get myself to sit down and read a book like yeah. i don't know what it is yeah and like i i felt that way before i found this like this is i read the the first time i read this book it was and i read it in a day and wow. i'm not a reader either like yeah. i'm like you like i where i read, I read for like school purposes if there's right. even the books i find i read now more often they're more geared towards something that i'm doing and improving at that mm-hmm. whether it's sales or whether it's um you know self self-development whatever it may be there's a goal behind it i've never been one to just read for leisure like i'll watch the movie that's always been my <laughs> <laughs> Potter, never read the books right yeah. like, I'll, I'll watch the movie right but it's a small book it's like 130 pages 130. oh i see okay so it's a smaller book easy to read um yeah and i find something new every time i read it but yeah not a lot of a lot of gaming yeah and just uh yeah what did i even do it's like crazy to look back now and i'm just thinking where all my time went how did you feel like we, I know we talked about your, your physical health already, but like, what about your mental state? Like, I know it must've been hard being away from all your friends and family, being kind of with a couple of people that you know quite well down there working with them. But for the most part, all of your social connections were not down there. So what was that like? It was tough. Like it was the summer mentally for me, it was definitely a roller coaster. Yeah. Like it was, had a lot of highs, had, had some lows and just cause there's so much happening. Yeah. And you know, being put in that situation, it's one thing to, to be put in the situation where, okay, you're being tested, but you're, 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 the whole village is there. Your village is, is there to, like we were at the beginning of the quarantine, right? We had our group chats and stuff, but now it's like, okay, I'm in a different time zone. I'm on a different schedule. I'm in a different country. And it's like, over time, you just start to, I guess, get caught in the motions. And that's when I would find that it'd be tougher mentally because I put myself in this little box. And it's like all this stuff is going on around me. And I, I brought, brought it up a couple of times, even with Steven. I was like, man, I don't think you get you get it. Like for me to be doing this where we are right now, I don't think you kind of understand like what it's like. Like we got out here, not only is there COVID going on. So some people don't like when you knock on their door when there's a pandemic. Right. There, right. Um, but, you know, doing that and there being such a racial divide in a, you know, in a Republican state. You know, as a as a as a black guy, yeah, for sure. Like there was times when I didn't know who to talk to about how to feel about it. I just wrote a paper before going out there for my capstone mm-hmm. about like barriers to entry for, you know, um, black lawyers in the U.S. And then I went to St. Louis and I saw, I, I saw exactly what I wrote about clear as day, and it was like wow to me. Right. Like it was like it's one thing to like read about it and see the disadvantages, you know, knowing that I was very fortunate where I grew up, how I was raised, and then going there and like literally being able to to see it tough and not having anyone to talk with about that right. strategies on 
you know, how to cope with that. There was no one that I could go to that was like in that, that I felt was in that same position as me to be able to talk about it. And so, yeah, there's times where I just get kind of in my own box, essentially in my own thoughts, just thinking that nobody would really, there's nobody that I, that I have direct access to that's going to understand what I'm going through right now right. You know, and kind of how to manage that. And obviously, you know, the work I do, it's a hundred percent commission. So you don't sell, you don't make money. So having that pressure also put on that, putting me just more into a box. Um, just feeling isolated. Yeah. On so many levels, just not being connected to what's here and justifying why that's okay. Right. Like it's, you know, justifying it, making it like normalizing it. Like there's lots of people that move away, that moved away from Calgary. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and just justifying it that way. Almost to like convince yourself that, oh, like you're, you're fine. It's no big deal. Like a lot of people are doing this or have done it. Um, and then you kind of realize I need to, to, to reach out. And so that's when I'll get like the highs and, right. and, and the lows from that is reaching out and then finding myself again isolated. And it's just, you know, comes back to the couple of things, different place, different time zone, different schedule. Um, different thing just in, in front of me day by day. I had some some breakdowns where it was like, you know, like what am I doing? <laughs> like fuck, I'm in I'm in South Dakota. During you know, <laughs> massive like you know like civil oh, unrest. How the hell I get in South Dakota? <laughs> on doors. So like when I wouldn't sell, I'd be like, what am I doing here? Oh man, sorry for for Kirsten there. No, so and like have like yeah, a couple times broke down and not selling, tried and then. That's that. That's what made it the the hardest part too is going down there and knowing that that's part of the job. I know that that's part of the job, but in the moment with everything else going on, like not selling, it just kind of goes into this 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 cycle, and it's it's yeah. tough to break out of that cycle. Like right. the only way to to break out of that cycle, the only advice that you get from that as a vet is you you just gotta sell. And then, <laughs> You just got to make a sale. That's yeah. what it is. You got to make a sale to get out of that rep. Right. It's like you just got to see a basket, see the ball go in, right? Right. Yeah. It's a lot easier said than done, but yeah. It's like, man, what am I doing in South Dakota? I need to go home. Oh, yeah. I went through it, like, through it all. Like, oh, I'm 26. And me and you have always talked about my ideas of like family is very important to me. And it's like, okay, I'm 26 and it's looking like I'm going to be working you know, in this, like working for Vivint in the States for the next few years, I have a three-year visa. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to be 29. And this is me, just my thoughts by myself. I'm just like, Hey, my dad had me when he was, you know, 25. And so it was a good age. And I'm like, okay, so 29 traveling back and forth can be tough. Okay. So I going on 30 and it's like, Holy, like just try to look forward. Right. Which all that did is just made me super anxious. Right. Just so much of it for no reason. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's, you know, what was that like? Like, do you find you're anxious a lot? Oh, yeah. No. About more than just that kind of thing? About a lot of things. I feel like my route is very different than most people that I that I know. Um, took me a while to finish school. I actually haven't even seen my degree yet. It's in the box in my car. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. I haven't even seen that. I saw a picture of it. Right. I haven't touched it yet. You know, right. it's in the box. Like it's been in the box. It took me a while to finish that. Then I'm in my line of work. What I do, I knock on doors. Um, and that's the different path than everybody else that I grew up with, at least. Right. Yeah. Thinking of, okay, like how do I plan out life going this different route? I don't know anybody besides work people who have done it and figured it out. And so trying to figure out, yeah, lots. And then just like 
pressure from, you know, some family just for law school. And when are you writing a test? When are you going? Da, 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 da. Like, it's like, holy, like, I can go whenever I want. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of wild that we grew up in a, in a demographic of people that was, or still is, I guess, like really focused on just like academic achievement and like you have to become something through this line and there's like this is the only way to go and yeah like that was totally a pressure that I felt too like coming out of high school it was like yeah you got to go to university you got to do a degree um that, there wasn't much of like a of a role model for me going into like my my side of things either like kinesiology right obviously my family supported me and my friends supported me in doing it but it was very like are you sure? Are you sure that's what you want to do? Like you got into, like I got into the business school at UFC and they were like, that's a great business school. You should go to that school. And I was like, I don't really want to, go. I don't really want to, do that. <laughs> you know, like, so why else you want to do that? It's a good school. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, like, I feel like I've seen a lot of growth in you over the last, Jesus, what has it been like a decade now? Yeah. More than that, maybe. And, uh, like, I think that, that path is kind of, integral to that like if we if you had just gone like yeah i'll just grind and finish school in three years or four years and go to law school like you'd probably still be in law school right now definitely still yeah right? not have a life yeah like your life would be so different if you had just done like the straight up thing that you wanted to do in the end yeah. rather than take this cool path that you've taken and you've learned so much and like had so many cool experiences which i think is dope I appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. And like, that's uh, like, that's one of the best ways for people to grow in my opinion. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty, now that I'm back, it's crazy to think about, man. Like I, <laughs> like <laughs> I had a span where it was two weeks. So I moved out, got basically like pushed out, got in a fight with my, my, my stepmother moved out, um, was right before finals, obviously wasn't working, figure out a way to, you know, pay rent. And then COVID hit. And then now, so it's like, okay, so that's, maybe that's not going to work out. Then the company I work for shuts down their Canadian division. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, like, yeah. no, what am I going to do? And then they're like, hey, you can go to the, you can go to America and work for, you know, we'll get you a visa to go to America. Just like the way that everything kind of played out, it's been, it's been tons of growth and nothing like I've ever experienced before. And you kind of had to go to an uncomfortable space to do that. Oh, yeah. Right. Very, very uncomfortable for sure. I think that's interesting. There's this YouTube channel that I follow that's called Yes Theory and their whole thing is is seeking discomfort and they find that they grow so much more through that path rather than so like they say yes to things and they they do all these crazy challenges and stuff but like these guys got to skydive or sorry bungee jump out of a helicopter in the Grand Canyon with Will Smith. Like sweet. that's crazy. And all they did was like yeah, like why not? Why not try it? Like what's the worst thing that can happen? Someone can say no. Mm -hmm. Right? Like that's literally the worst thing that could happen. So like, that's an interesting mentality to me that, that a lot of people don't really explore. It's like, like people are very, very comfortable in their lives and like, and I get it because it's nice. Like, like I'm loving the fact that I can come home every day. I know Caitlin's here. She's working at home. Yeah. Like the cats are here. We're going to cook dinner. We're going to watch TV. We're going to chill. We're going to go to bed and then we're going to go back and do it again. Yeah. Right. And like in between there's all this stuff, but like there's the gym, there's work, there's, dealing with anything that's going on outside of that. And then, but the familiarities and like those, those comforts of home are so nice mm -hmm. that it's hard to like get out of that. Right. And you notice it when you, when you don't have it too. It's one thing for sure too, is when those comforts kind of 
Yeah, and it's and it's like it's crazy because of technology. It was so easy for me to just FaceTime you, for example, or yeah. whatever Skype because you're Android. <laughs> just like video message someone or call someone. It's so easy to do that, but yet, like in the situation when those comforts aren't there, seem farther away. You would think that you'd be more likely to make those calls, but it took me a while to reach out to anybody. Right. Um, Why do you think that is? Just just got stuck in my own head and just, uh, I guess, feeling like it's something I'm supposed to be able to deal with. Right. It's like not like anything out of like people do it all the time. We have lots of people. Kind of like going back to, you know, there's lots of people that have, that have grown up somewhere and then moved somewhere else right. to, for work. That's like very common. Right. It's like telling myself that and you're fine. And But like, where does that come from? Like, where, do, where does it get to the point where we're because i felt that too so i know exactly the feeling you're talking about and it's like how did it get to the point where we're just supposed to know right like what to do and like we're just supposed to know how to deal with situations like like we we put ourselves in in spots that are new to us all the time and when we're kids we have no problem being like mom dad what the heck's going on what do i do right right but then we like all of a sudden hit 18 or 21 or even like 15 or 16 and everyone's like oh yeah you're like you're a man now. Like you gotta, you gotta handle your stuff. Right? right. And it's like, well, I'm still learning. Yeah. Right. Like I still ask my dad questions about stuff all the time, man. And it's like, why not learn from the people around you? And like, my dad always says this thing. Like, he's like, if, uh, if I can teach you something from my mistakes and it helps you not make a mistake, then, then that's a good thing. And he's like, if you want to learn from your own mistakes, you can do that too. And I was like, that's a great way to put it. You know, like, yeah. he's giving you an option and he's like, I can help you. And if you don't want the help and you want to do something else and try your own thing, that's yeah. totally cool. You go for it. Yeah. It's, it's weird. And I don't know if it's just me, but I, I feel very confident going and asking for help on certain things. It just hasn't like that. I'm feeling anxious that I'm have a lot of anxiety or that I'm feeling alone. Those aren't, those aren't things that I would ever go to my, like go to my dad for. Like, it's more so like, Oh, I, this is, you know, I'm thinking about doing this, you know, what do you think about this investment or what do you think about, you know, this, this kind of decision here, get your input on that. But it's never like, yeah, this is how I'm feeling and it's weird. And it's different. And I don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Like that seems like even now and it's, I don't know where that stems from, but it seems like a weird conversation to have. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Like I, like I agree, you know, and like when I say I ask my dad a bunch of questions, it's usually stuff like you just listed. Like it's like, yeah, how, how do I go about this? Or like, you know what? Like, if I want to look into buying a house in the next few years, like, what's a what? What am I supposed to do? Yeah, right. It's like it's those things that that he is super helpful with. But like, th- then I'm able to go to my friends and talk about like my anxiety or like a stressful situation or like, man, work is so crap, crap right now. Like, I can't deal with it. Yeah. I can talk to somebody about that, right? But like, it. I don't know where it was like five years ago. Like five years ago, I wouldn't have really said anything to anybody mm-hmm. about like being super, super stressed out or being super anxious or being like feeling like so much pressure on me to do stuff. Like, like that five years ago, like when I was 21, 20, like that was crazy, man. Like it was, it was like, okay, you're finishing your degree. What are you going to do next? Like you're, you're pretty close to done your degree. What's, what's happening. And you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, did I miss something? Like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. So like all that pressure was crazy and like, and it sounds so stupid to say that or like so silly, but because it's like, Oh, well big, big whoop. Like you had pressure of like trying to find a job after getting a degree. Yeah. So like, yeah, I get it. That's, that's kind of like a first world problem to have, but like, shoot, it's still a problem. Yeah. 
Uh, it's not a first world problem to have. I think it's a problem that everybody has. It's nobody talks about. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that's, I think, is like a big thing with the whole November movement as a whole. It's guys, we're bad at it. We're bad about talking about how we feel. I'm bad at it. Totally. We're trying to be better at it. But it's it's something, I don't know what it is, that makes it harder for us to, because we, you know, it's it's always like that cliche that girls will, when girls are telling the story, they go in depth, emotional. Everyone's, <laughs> you know, everyone in the room is with them there. Whereas for guys, it's more so just like there is less of an emotional attachment when right. they tell stories. Right. That's a great point. Which is like, why? Like, it's such a weird thing. Like, why is that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. It's like super nice to have conversations like this, though. And, I, and I'm glad, like, this was like an intentional conversation and it's not like, you know, it's not like drunk in the corner of a party. Right. You know? Yeah. Because, like, everyone's had that conversation. Oh, of course, a couple times. Yeah. And that's fine. <laughs> you know, everyone needs that conversation. Yeah. Um, so speaking of like, of like where that comes from for men and like their their kind of suppression of that kind of stuff, what what is like your relationship with masculinity at this point? That's a great question. I grew up always being closer to my mom, and so in doing that, I was able to. She was more so the one that would push me more towards, you know, at least being aware of how I'm feeling. And why I'm feeling that way. And it's, I, I don't know, I guess the masculinity for me is, is taking care of home. That's kind of what it's be, what it's become for me. Um, that's the biggest thing is being able to take care of home. That's what I think of when I'm thinking of. Can you describe that a bit more? Um, being in a position to take care of home and whether it's, you know, money, whether it's being, you know, um, you know, mentally, emotionally being, being there. That's like the goal. You know, if you're to, for, for masculinity, that's what I, that's what I aim for. Right. That's what I'm, and that's what I'm striving for. As far as like the, the mask, I, I think there's less of a, like, man, I'm, I listen to, I'm singing all day long. I'm all R&B, like super soft. Like, you know, right. if you saw my liked playlist on Spotify, <laughs> like, it's all like, you know, it's love making songs. And so I don't, I don't know where that line is drawn between what's masculine and what's feminine. For me, I feel like we were pretty fortunate in the time that we grew up in and where, we're kind of not, we're at, we're at, we're at a point where, you know, it was not, everyone's kind of keeping themselves and now everyone's kind of more so open to, to being less judgmental. I feel like is the easiest way to frame it. Yeah. And it's just gotten more and more like that as we've gotten older, I found, and probably partially because of social media, being able to connect with people that are right. That are like you. I think that our group, and this is just from knowing other people <laughs> is, was very fortunate that we found, you know, a core group that had similar values that is able to be such close friends, you know, a decade later. Yeah, that's true. And we are very fortunate for that. Like, I don't think that's from my experience in talking to people, it's not like very common. Yeah. Like there's maybe one person, but we can get a room full of 20, you know, 20 people from, <clears throat> from Western and everyone can, you know, hit it off. Like we were all just hanging out in the cafeteria. Yeah. That's so true. It's a tough question. Yeah, I think it is a tough question, right? Like the line is is blurred a little bit. Like I think I'm like you. I grew up like more connected to my mom, and like I I was always like an emotional person. Like I remember growing up, uh, I think I was maybe close to like six or seven, maybe eight by this point. But my family always used to tell me I was like mature for some reason. Like and and I I was like, what do you mean? I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here. I'm just like chilling. I'm watching this movie. I remember this moment. Like we were at my at my uncle's house and 
uh, it was an uncle we don't see very often. So we were watching a movie and everyone's having drinks and dinner and whatever. And, and I'm sitting on the on the floor watching uh, Seven, like the Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. yeah. With uh, what's in the box? Like he's got the head in the box. Um, and it's like a it's like a thriller, like thriller cop movie. And uh, like I'm just sitting there like in awe of this movie. I'm like, this is an awesome yeah <laughs> like why haven't you guys shown me this and they're like oh you're so mature like you're just sitting there like you're chilling while we're all doing everything like you're not acting out and i'm like what do you mean and like to me like that was just okay so they think i'm mature so that's like how i acted yeah. um like super quiet and like just just go with the flow and and see what's going on and i think that's kind of like what i turned out to be like a little bit and maybe that was like a inflection point for that but that's kind of where I've always seen myself is like very in tune with what's going on in the room. Um, I'm, I'm able to like kind of regulate my own emotions and like stay in the room, like in terms of my head and my emotional state, yeah. I can kind of tune it to the situation I'm in, Yeah, which is like a weird skill, but like a helpful skill. Yeah. Um, and it helps in my practice of teaching too, like, like not freaking out when the kids are freaking out or when a situation goes really bad, I don't, I don't panic. Um, like I didn't have much of an idea of what like masculinity meant growing up. Like we didn't talk about that. Strong. Built right? like yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, be an athlete, be yeah. strong. Don't yeah. talk about how you feel. And yeah. So like that, and then growing up around so many people who, who were like obsessed with chasing that and like seeing, seeing people crumble, but not realizing that they were at the time. Right. Right. Because of that construct. And it's like, okay, well thinking back to like junior high, it's like, people were dicks to each other and and like brought that out of each other and didn't even know it. And they were like formulating people's opinions on what being masculine is like and what being feminine is like and that like you can't be one or the other yeah. or you have to be one or the other, sorry, like you can't be both, which is completely false. Like there is there is both in everybody, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, everyone, you got to have a certain balance of it for sure. There's one thing that you said that really stood out for me is like your ability in, in- – different and specific situations to be able to regulate what's going on. Um, and this is, I think that's, that's being present, which is like this, you know, the whole conversation around, you know, mental health is, is being aware, right. Yeah. Aware of it and the ability to be present. Um, it's, it, that just really stood out for me. We do a lot of training on that at, at Vivint because that's one of the biggest things you got to be present. Right. You can't live in the past because um, there's one of the sales reps and he's like, probably got to be top two for the company all the time. Yeah. Um, and his training, my favorite training from him is always, you know, showing the, the present is like, he did the simple, the simplest diagraphy to present mm-hmm. in the middle and then dash and happy. And then if you go to past, your regret, the future, anxious. But if you can live in that present, mm-hmm. then that's, then that's that's the ideal. Then you're not dealing with those, with whether it's up and down between the two, whether it's like you know far into one or the other. But that seems to be yeah, like the two biggest things are anxiety and you know, and a depression stems from a combination of anxiety and regret. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was so that just stood out to me when you said that ability to do right. that because that's something that even for me, I had to consciously do like, right. I still consciously have to work on that. I find right. it. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like there's, there's times where I have to be conscious about it. Yeah. But I think that like in the last, like I said, five, probably five, four or five years, like I think I've just been more 
when I'm on my own, I regulate like, okay, how did my day go? Blah, blah, blah. Like I've never been a journaler, but you can, like, I always kind of reflect on my day and I don't think like you need to write it down per se. Like if you, if it works for you, it works for you. Right. So like, I just kind of say it in my head and I'm like, well, why was that day like so bad? Or why was it so good? Right. And then, and I can kind of go back and see like, I, like I can vividly feel how I was feeling in that minute. Yeah. If it was like a really high moment, like if it was super happy or super angry or whatever it was. Right. And there's like these flashes in the pan, like every year. And I know all these moments that like still stick with me mm-hmm. and they just like help me kind of be like, okay, that's how I felt at this point. If I get in a situation like this again, I can kind of react in a different way. Right. I can go back and learn from that and react in, in a way that's more appropriate to myself yeah. or like to the, to the situation. Right. And it's interesting because that has kind of informed my teaching. Like right now I'm teaching grade eight health and, mm-hmm. and that's one of our topics is like relationships. So mm-hmm. I've, I've been teaching my students about emotions and like, how do you regulate emotions? And like the first step is, is like recognizing it, labeling it, and then processing it. Yeah. Right. Which is so awesome to hear that that's being taught, dude. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That's yeah. great. Like, that's amazing to hear that people are, cause like we, we didn't get like, we didn't get exactly talks like, yeah, you had a mental health like assembly or, but it was like, it wasn't in a, it wasn't in the format to do anything to the kids that are sitting there in the gym full of a hundred other kids. Exactly. Talking to, you know, not really paying attention, not understanding or internalizing what's being said. So like, that's, that's awesome that, you know, in grade eight now, at least um, yeah. in the health curriculum here, they have that where it's, you know, yeah. Um, have these things called emotions and it's, it's okay. It's, oh, it's awesome, dude. And the kids are, are so good at being open with it. Like even, even though I'm teaching online and they, they have a hard time with like struggling through anxiety and all the pressure of doing all their work and like school is the only thing that's going on right now for them because they're all at home. Yeah. So I think it was like super important to do that at the point I did it in my, like, in, I don't know what the hell, the, what is it called? Like in our scope, like, cause there's like a timeline, right? So like my friend and I plan our lessons together cause we're both teaching in the hub. And so we, we were like, this is a good time to do the emotion stuff. And now we're like, kind of, it's kind of all piling on and turning into like a really great unit. Right. Um, and like, we both said to each other, like, this is crazy. We never had this when we were kids. Right. And she, and she's coming from the female perspective where it's like, damn, I wish, I wish I had this and I wish the men in my life had this. Cause, cause if they did, they'd be better people. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. hard. It's hard it's to like, like yeah. to like define it and then be like, yeah, this is what mass like, like what, like you're an athlete, like you grew up as an athlete. So did that shape a lot of who you were and who you are? I think it did shape who I am. Yeah. A hundred percent sports guided me sports sports were where, I made my friends sports were like up until two years ago when I, you know, when I finally finished my fifth year, um, post-secondary, I definitely had like a, like a, um, identity crisis because right. I was so used to being, you know, a part of a team having, you know, that, that common goal, having someone to train with and you're in the gym speaking on that masculinity, yeah. you get bigger. The athletes just, we've been programmed that the athletes get the girls like there's, you know what I mean? And there's these, these different things that are programmed into you. And I, you know, growing up, 
for sure. I was all I was all in that, dude. Um, that was like sports was life for me for sure. I made some decisions based off of sports that hindsight twenty twenty. I'm grateful that they led to where I am now. Yeah. But like me looking back at if if I had a chance to go back at you know, then go and reassess some of the decisions I made, I would probably make different decisions knowing what I know now, right? Um, any examples that you want to share? Yeah, my first two years of school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to play basketball. Yeah. So I went to state and played basketball. You know, I told you know everybody a couple of times my my experience there. My first semester, we were good, and then half the team failed out second semester. Right. Um, impulsively went to Olds the following year. Same thing, just for basketball, like school, and like how valuable that time was. Not insight didn't have a great experience there um and then after that like i didn't know what i was because i had no idea what i wanted to take in school sports i didn't want to you know didn't want to go to five different teams like play for five different teams and so um i think a big part of that too was for me at least the sports aspect of it was like my dad yeah he was you know an athlete that you see very well known in the city for athletics and so i almost had this chip on my shoulder the whole time just trying not to be you know you know Ian's the Minifee's kid yeah because there was a long time where referees oh you're Minifee's kid I hated that right but it it that it drove that narrative of athlete got to be the best like I just wanted to yeah I wanted to to beat him so that sports and that I guess that competitiveness between you know my, trying to get to where my dad was at, which is ridiculous. Thinking back now as an adult, like there's no reason he had his path and, you know, I have my own essentially, but right. no need for comparison there. Both, we both did great things in different ways. Both had, you know, um, but yeah, sports shaped, shaped who I am. Um, a lot of the decisions I've made. Um, and I, I think there's been a lot of positives from sports. 100%. Um, and, I really do think that our group, the group that I was, you know, fortunate enough to um, to come up with, was was really forward thinking in, in this sense. Um, I felt like our group was was very aware, um, and maybe that's due to um, where we went to school, and you know where you had to live to go to where we went to school, and you know our parents being obviously um, all educated and kind of gearing us towards that. If that's if what I'm saying is kind of making yeah, sense, but yeah, totally. um, but yeah, I feel like yeah, sports for sure. Yeah, fine. I feel like I have had the same a similar experience. Like, obviously, I I wouldn't be the person I am today with, without sports. Really, like I was like a chubby little kid who didn't care about <laughs> about sports or about like my health or whatever i was like oh i'm young i'll grow out of it like i'll slim out like if i didn't play sports man i don't think i would have and i don't think i would have built like like the lifestyle that i did and i don't think i would have gone into the school systems that i wanted to and i don't think i would have the degrees that i have and the career i have if i didn't play without sports yeah sports you know like and i think that that like obviously i had some really great coaches and really great teammates along the way and and like it's all thanks to them but like i didn't make the nfl bro like yeah you know i was happy to not hang my hat on simply football growing up 
like it was who I was until grade 12. And then all of a sudden, like you said, in fifth year, you kind of have that identity crisis. I remember sitting in my dorm room at UBCO being like, what am I going to do? Like I contemplated joining like a bobsled team. And I, or, and I was like, I can't do that in Kelowna. So, so I do, do I, no, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, do I join the rowing club? And I was like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. why do I have to join a sport or like join a specific competitive arena to give myself worth of like, yeah. Like, why can't I just be a healthy fit individual? Right. Like, and so like, yeah, I had a lot of identity crisis around that. And I was like, well, who am I without sports and who am I without like, like athletics and I struggled with that a lot. Like, like my brothers were going off to play at certain places and, and I was like, well, my brothers won't like, what the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, why, well, maybe I should try again. Like maybe I should, maybe I should go back and, and play another year. But in the end, like that was the best decision I could have made was to not play after high school. Cause then I ended up doing my degree and I, I finished it in, in like a, a standard time. Like I met a lot of great people and I had an insane experience living in a, in a city that, like, was completely different than Calgary. Right. Right. And I grew up, like, that's that's where I grew up. It was, like, that four years, you know, like, away from my family and, and away from the thing that I knew for, like, 10 years. <laughs> right. Yeah. How, um, how was that making that decision? Like, because I always, I guess, because you, you could have played. Yeah. That's the thing, right? It was like, that was why it was such a difficult, like, identity thing. Because it was like, well, I could have gone out east and played ball. I could have done that. I could have stayed in Calgary and played for the Colts. I could have played, like, I could have played junior football in in Kelowna. But I just didn't. And I was like, why did I quit? Yeah. And then eventually it kind of just made more sense. And it was like, well, your body's healthy. Like, your mind is healthy now. Yeah. Like, like I I saved my physical being by not playing longer than I did right like I was blessed I didn't have any knee injuries I didn't have like I got bad ankles but what athlete doesn't have bad ankles right, right? Yeah. <laughs> a whole lot of us yeah, yeah. so like yeah I, like making that decision was difficult and I thought at the time like someone else was making it for me but then then I realized like I didn't go to more trials and I didn't go I didn't pursue things outside of the city that I chose I wanted to be in right like I wanted to be in Kelowna and and if I didn't want to play for that team I wasn't going to move somewhere else to play. Right. So I don't know where the decision really came from, but in the end, it was a good one. And I don't think I would change it if I went back. Do you think that had like an effect on, I'm just, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the idea of like the, the masculinity and, you know, um, where that really comes in now. Do you feel like you're like, is it less? I'm trying to think for me, if I feel less masculine, then I'm not. Because you don't like play a sport? Sports, yeah. But I, I think uh, I think for a time I felt probably less masculine, but that was when I was more like 18, 19. And I didn't really have an idea of like what what the modern sense of the term means. Right. And like the relationship between masculine and feminine didn't really have a role in my life because I, like even though I've had like good relationships with, with most people I've dated and like I have good relationship with my parents, and particularly my mom's so, like I have an idea of femininity but I never like put it in myself and I never like thought about myself in that sense until like I started growing up a little bit more and and I think that that like 
combination of the two is more where I started to realize what masculinity is. Like once I let more femininity into my life, yeah, it changed my perspective of what masculinity was. Yeah. And those two, like the relationship between those two is so important, right? Yeah. So I don't think without understanding one of them, you won't get the other. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. And as you say that, I just think of the, like how you see masculinity, like, changing yeah it's different yeah maybe that's just like there's no way that like it's only us two that have gone through that yeah there's no way right just never taking time to you know what is what is what does this mean to to us usually when you're younger masculinity means man and femininity means Woman. woman yeah right and so now in this place where it's they're they're intertwined and everybody yeah like like is is being assertive is that a is that a masculine trait or, or you know exactly like like and initially when we were growing up assertion and being assertive was like a male trait it's like oh it's like a good, that's like a strong man being assertive right and if a female did it she's a bitch right. or she's like whatever right yeah and and that was crazy to me like I never understood that mm-hmm. and then. And then, like, when you start putting the pieces together, like, like, oh, that's just, like, toxic masculinity. That's yeah. just, like, the bad side of it, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and it's interesting to think about the fact that there is, like, a good and a bad relationship that you can have with, with like, a major piece of, of, like, who we are. Yeah, it's... And even, like, with, you know, communicating just in the most like simplest form with that, like who's controlling the the narrative is the person controlling the narrative. Is that person the one who's, you know, the, the more masculine or is that like, it's, I haven't really spent time to think about, about that. Right. Which is uh, right. Probably, you know, we should probably, that's probably something that we should, actually, I feel like that's something that I should be able to, Oh yeah. Masculinity. Like, you know, right. Um, it's like least, what, what is it to you then? If you had to define it, strong, assertive, the ability to provide for me, that's just like, that's, and it's like, it's backwards. Like it's not backwards, but it's not that way anymore. Where it's the masculine thing is to do to, is to, you know, provide to, to make the money. That's just like, maybe that's just from me, my, my situation that I've kind of grown up in. Um, just with my dad and, and Annabelle, right? Maybe that's where that stems from. Right. But for some reason, that's a really strong, for me, at least, like what you know, masculinity is—it's being able to, to, to provide, right? That's right. that half of that that home puzzle. I don't really have a, a, a definition for it. Yeah, I think that's a good thing because it's a it's a changing thing. Like it's a it's not a it's not a static being. Yeah, you know, like the definition of it changes, person to person for sure, and it obviously changes year to year because you grow and you change and you learn new things and you, you unlearn other things. Yeah. And that's like, that's major, right? What about, what about like femininity? What's your, what's your take on that? Like, what do you, what's your relationship with it? Emotions just allowing. Yeah. Being able to feel. Yeah. Like I, I like my, you know, my, um, my more romantic comedies. Yeah. You know, I'm a <laughs> for the chick flicks for sure. Yeah. You know, a sad movie, if it really hits me, like I might, I'll, you know, get get emotional. And the craziest thing about that is that 
And it's just, I don't even realize it, but subconsciously it's different when I'm by myself versus when I'm with other people. Right. My reactions to, to what I'm watching. Right. Um, do you, so do you think, uh, like emotions don't play into masculinity? Like, do you just, do you, have you just never associated the two? Right. I haven't. The, the emotion part of it has always been tied to the, to, to the woman, to the females. Right. Uh, having a hard time defining yeah. that. Yeah. Like, sometimes, that's, sometimes that's interesting, right? Like that's yeah. just being asked the question is, is all some people need for that provocation. Yeah, the mask of feminine talk is doesn't never comes up. That's right, and that's kind of I think that's the problem, right? It's like like I've got I've got a buddy who who does this for like a living, and he I'm gonna talk to him on Sunday, but he uh, he's a gem man, and he he is very very smart, and he's so in tune with what's what's going on in the world of like of like emotions. And he's in tune with what's going on with masculinity. And he, like, he's actively working to change the culture of, of what being a man means. Yeah. And I think that's really great because I think that definition is changing. And there is, like, a, there is a population, population of people that are still in this in the mindset of, like, you know, yeah, like, a man, a man doesn't use, like, nice-smelling soaps. He doesn't take care of his face. He doesn't. Well, like if he doesn't have a beard, he's not a man. If he's, yeah. you know, if he's got blonde hair, he's not a man. Like that kind of stupid stuff. Yeah. Like, well, I had a, I took my grandma and mom to a pedicure a couple of years ago, man. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was so I, I couldn't go there. I wouldn't be able to go by myself, but I went there because I treated oh, them. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. That's just like so, something so small. Same way. Like I, I don't, I've never done that before, but like Caitlin's asked me before. She's like, would you go? And I'm like, yeah, hundred percent go. Yeah. I just like, have never thought about it. Right? I've never thought about going by myself because it's been such a like, that's a very taboo thing for a man to do. Right. The way we grew up. Right. And you think about it too, with like the sports, I know that between cleats and my basketball shoes, like yeah. double socking, like yeah. my feet have been taking damage. Dude. They've been, <laughs> you know, they've been <laughs> the front line for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Like something so small like that, even like showing up there. Like I remember like looking around, like, to am I gonna see someone? Right. What are they gonna think? Right. You know what I mean? I think a lot of that that plays into it as well as yeah. is worrying about the judgment. Oh, of, about judgment it. of others is is crazy. That's one of the things that probably gives me the most anxiety. Even though it's like I don't really care. Yeah. Like there's portions of you that you can't help but care. Right. Yeah. Like when I started losing my hair and I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. Yeah. I was like, I am going to be an outcast. <laughs> but then like I, and I had like that long, super long hair and it like covered up the bald spot just fine. And I liked the hair. Yeah. And I had it for like three years and I was like, this is, this is fine. I can do yeah. this. And then like, I noticed, I started noticing that like, if I was out somewhere and my hair was like getting messy or it was like not sitting the way I wanted it to sit, I was constantly touching my hair to make sure it wasn't letting the bald spot show. Yeah. And I was like, what am I doing? And like th- this was happening for like six, seven months, probably. I was like, Oh my God, man, I just keep fixing my hair. I'm just worried about my hair. And like, I couldn't leave the house without like checking my hair to make sure it was like good. Yeah. I was like, this is insane. So one day I got a haircut and I hated the haircut for whatever reason. Um, it just didn't sit the way I wanted at the back. And like, it was too short. And I was like, okay, well 
And like the haircut looked good at the front. Like it was a well done haircut. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it just like I wasn't ready to accept it the way that it was with my bald spot. So I was like, screw it. I'll just shave it off. Mm-hmm. And man, the amount of like relief that comes from just like waking up and being like, yeah, this is my head. Yeah. It's good all good. Go. Like, <laughs> let's go. Right. And like, thank God I can grow a decent beard. But <laughs> like, like, shoot, even if I even if I had a patchy like you know non-beard like yours is nice you got a a good beard you underestimate yeah like like man my 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 self-worth was so tied to the hair for whatever reason and i think that's a lot of people yeah and i lost it and i was like okay well i can't can't deal with it any other way but like to accept it it's like i could like grow my hair out again and hide it again or i could just like keep rocking this and i feel way more confident yeah yeah, I think it's it's a lot easier to say I don't care what other people think when, you know, I've said it and I do care what other people think for sure. I've had this complex of being skinny for my whole life because um, I've been skinny. I've been, you know, light lightweight in comparison to, to others around me. Right. And it's like wanting to get bigger because of being perceived as skinny. Mm-hmm. And it's the craziest thing that I've learned about that is that it's it's all mental. Cause I, dude, I put on like 30 pounds in the past year and I still feel skinny. Right. And so it was like, when I finally reached my goal and I was like, I still, I still, that's when it kind of like clicked and I was like, okay, this is not, this is not a thing in the, it's not an in the gym thing. This is in the, this is in the mind. Right. Right. Um, And that stems from girls like, you know what I mean? That, that, that masculine, I guess that image that we would try and try and be that, that star athlete, the, you know, the, the six pack and jacked and all the girls like that was just like that image yeah. that um being the skinny guy i guess was just like implanted in my right in my brain and that's like a recent one too that i'm just like just kind of coming to terms with right now and being um you know a lot heavier than i was before um and still feeling like skinny like yeah yeah, yeah. It's in a, and it's a weird um weird dynamic between those two i don't know if you ever kind of dealt with anything similar like that uh, dysmorphia is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, like uh, like when you when your image of what you look like is completely skewed ver- of like what it actually looks like. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I definitely, like I said, I grew up like chubby and fat. It's like I still think I'm chubby and fat here and there. Like I, I look in the mirror and I'm like, Jesus, what did I eat last night? Yeah. But then I like I'm like going to the going to the gym like five times, six times a week. Like I'm taking care of my nutrition way more than I have ever before. Like in the last year, it's been crazy. The nutrition has been way better. Like I still eat out and I still have my bad weeks, but just like anybody else. But yeah, but like, I know I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm not overweight in my opinion. Yeah. But you look great, dude. Thanks, man. Rocking those pants, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know, the booty never left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I just think like I don't have the same body as like so like this is a, this is like something that goes on with me every time I go shopping for clothes. And it's not just jeans. Like jeans have been way easier to find in the last five years for me than anything else, somehow. It's like all the other stuff that like like I ordered a a, a bunch of shirts, like a bunch of t shirts yeah. off of a off of an online company. And the shirts looked so good on the website and they're just built for like a six, two, like skinny guy who has no hips. 
Right. But I'm like five nine, five eight. Yeah. I got hips. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like it didn't fit me. Yeah. And I was like, why why doesn't this shirt fit me? Like, why can't I just order something and it just fits? And I was like, well, does does it have to? Like, I, like it's kind of nice that I don't fit like this little mold that gets shipped off the internet to all these people, right? Like, like yeah, sure, I got to go find my find my sh- my shirts in the store, but yeah, you know they're there. You know what's crazy about that too is even like so places like stores like you know um, Sport Check in Canada and like Dick Sporting Goods in the states, like their molds are based off of those athletes that we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, yeah, if I don't fit in that. I mean, and it's like so subtle and so something you don't even think about. Like I wouldn't have known that if I didn't work at Sport Check for, right. for however long. But it's like, oh yeah, that's supposed to be that's that's Crosby's mold. Right. And you got this guy holding a hockey stick in his athletic gear and he's jacked. You're like, that shirt is sick. Exactly. That shirt is sick. <laughs> yeah, that shirt is sick. But I... <laughs> oh man, it's so true. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's like, well, when did we all have to look like a six-two white guy? You know? Yeah. I'm not a 6'2 white guy, (laughs) you know? So yeah, I know the body dysmorphia thing and that, and that like is a major, like it's, it's got a major impact on your self-worth, which is wild. Right. Yeah. How do you feel like your, your self-worth has changed in the last year? Um, I just like struggled being of the year. I was just like, man, like, Turning 26, just graduating. I'm broke. I'm still living at home. Like, I had all of these things that I felt like I was pinning against myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the, the putting on weight was a, was a big thing for me during that time. That was the one thing that I had that was, you know, putting on weight. But, okay, finishing school, yeah, living at home, don't have any money, single. It's like, okay, um, you know, not wanting to do what I'd done in the past where just, you know, just wild out and, and not really cared, really like tried to focus on, on not doing that. And, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, the, the year just, um, and I got, they got thrown a, a line, dude. And it was a huge risk and, um, it was a process throughout the summer is like we've talked about, but I would say from now to, <laughs> yelling at Theo. Yeah. <laughs> she said we were using your headphones, no, but no. Um, to yeah, the summer was 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 big for sure. Hitting some of those lows and then having people like yourself, my mom, <laughs> being able to pick me up really helped with that. And then you know, finally actually making money, not being broke. Like it's got to be like the 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 biggest thing that I've noticed with that because like. And it's something that I, that I that I've never talked about besides like you know with even like with Avery or someone who I feel like's been in that position before, but you know wanting to go out with friends but having to to check you know to see how much money I have before going out. Right. Um, that's something that would really bring my self worth down. Right. Um, you know, having to plan dates around. Okay, like, am I going to be? What do I have? You know, what what's, what, what, what do we got? Yeah. yeah. What am I looking at here, like. Yeah. You know? Am I going to be good to go and like you know go where the night leads us, or am I having to take out what I have cash and and and, and that's it? Know, deal. Yeah, um, and so that that had a big effect on me, um, for sure. And now finally getting to a point where I like put the sacrifice in, and you know, put myself in a position where, 
I don't have to do those things anymore. It's, it's, it's an amazing feeling for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely improved. Like I was beginning of the year, really stoked to start of the year. And then it just felt like everything was just like going downhill for me personally. Um, you know, the, yeah, lot, lots kind of happened that, that kind of impacted that obviously, uh, a breakup in the, you know, the, the September, August or whatever that was, mm-hmm. um, you know, her dating someone nearly a month after going into the new year saying, this is my year, you know, feeling like I, you know, found like the one and then it just not working out. Just us having just a very distinct, different ideology and how relationships work. That's right. it. Right. Like that was really tough. Yeah. Yeah. Having to deal with that and then leaving. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, which was, it was a blessing and a, and, a, and a curse. The blessing was getting away from that situation where I would have just kept going back into it and just doing more damage to myself. But right. um, having to be away and really engulfed in that. Yeah. In that to, to myself. Almost like a little reset. Yeah. So it was, it was good from that respect. But yeah, the big things that I've noticed uh, that have really helped, at least with the self-worth, is actually making a little bit of money. Um, you know, putting on weight. So like I notice that it's like, which is cool because usually like when you're seeing yourself every day, you don't notice the the progress, but it yeah. was, it was fun to come home. Yeah, you, you look good. Put on, thanks dude. Appreciate yeah. it. It was fun to come home and put on clothes and be like, Oh, this fits a little, Oh, it's just a little tight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, you know, that was nice. And I think it's important to, to, to have like checkpoints like that. Yeah. Like reflect. Yeah. yeah. It's like having like little, like, uh, yeah, like coming home, that checkpoint for me was, was big in that, the way that I saw myself as a skinny guy. Right. Cause I was feeling like I was decent, you know, like I was putting on, I put on a bit of weight before I left, like maybe yeah. 10, 15 pounds and I was feeling nicer and, you know, feeling big and stuff and seeing how my clothes fit there. But like coming back, it's like, okay, like this, the shirt didn't change size. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been hanging up on my closet the whole time. It's still a medium, you know, right. it's the, the same shirt that I had worn before but it feels out different and so that's that's helped a lot right now from that point of view but yeah and it's the other thing I, that, that's not really talked about either is it's crazy like all of your friends being in i feel like i have a lot of close friends now a lot of people that i'm hanging out with are in like serious relationships or just got married or just got engaged like i feel like that's like the age group that we're yeah, that's like that time frame that we're in now. Yeah, and that also like I find puts a lot of pressure on being single and deciding, hey, you know what I'm going to do for work? I'm going to travel back and forth between the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy way to to to, to start, you know, to yeah. to, to start stay anything. single. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's easier to stay single. Yeah, you know, because yeah. So that's I don't know how I related that in there. Oh, it's all good, man. Well, thanks for having a an honest, open discussion. Yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting me, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate like, that. Things like these are. I feel like people have to do this more. Yeah, <laughs> just talk, dude. Yeah. yeah, honestly, and it's like when you had originally asked me, like I was a little anxious to do it because don't um, the close the closed doors those conversations those are a lot easier to have with somebody sure. you're close with, but. And, you know, being willing to talk and not knowing who exactly is going to hear it and they'll hear it and 
and what they may think about it. That was nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, but I, but I feel good. Good. And it's, uh, there's one saying we're talking about being uncomfortable and there's one saying yeah. that they always say at Vivint and it's get comfortable being uncomfortable. I think that's the perfect way to end it. It's a good one. Well done. <laughs> Love you, man. Love you too, bro. That was awesome. You're going to have a lot of fun doing this thing. I think so.